This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahedy. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. There's been much talk and debate again over the COVID-19 situation in the meat plants and food companies. We hear what's being planned now in relation to testing for the virus and the reaction from stakeholders. IFA President Tim Cullinan was in Cork during the week. Farm Talk got up with him to discuss a number of issues at this time, along with two West Cork men on their farms in Timaleague. Our Tagusk advisory this week looks at the current grass growth rates on dairy farms and matters relating to grassland management. And a lot of farmers are asking about reseeding at this time and what varieties to use, so we take it up later in the programme. As usual, Farm Talk's John O'Connor looks at stories making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The number of COVID-19 cases related to meat plants has prompted the government into a series of actions to try and stave off the spread of the virus. Up to now, the problem has been contained to the Midland counties, with local lockdowns in place in Kildare, Leash and Offaly. However, a serial, systematic programme of testing in all meat plants and direct provisions across the country will be rolled out. SIP2 wants every meat plant worker to be tested for COVID-19 over the next few weeks. Union spokesman Greg Ennis says there needs to be a national testing programme put in place for all staff working in meat production. We've done it in the HSE uh, for workers in that industry uh, and because COVID is, is, is so virulent within the meat industry now and has been for some time with 1,450 cases, I think yes, we do need uh, meat industry uh, plants to be, to be tested and the workers within them, absolutely. Meat Industry Ireland says COVID-19 testing for factory workers needs to ensure results come back quickly. Its representatives and SIP2 have agreed to work with the HSE on how the system will be rolled out. MII's Cormac Healy says if there's more widespread testing, there needs to be a fast turnaround of results. What we would like to see is that it is done quickly, uh, that results are coming through quickly, so that businesses and and workers can be assured of where they stand and also uh, be able to continue in, in production. The Irish Farmers Association is also calling for quicker COVID test results in order to keep the food supply chain functioning. IFA President Tim Cullinan says they do have concerns around the time span between the test and getting the results. There's no reason now why that could not be uh, obtained within less than 24 hours you know, and get people back into work because you know, we have to keep 
the process and the industry going. So you know, we're coming into the time of year now where cattle will be coming off of grass. So you know, the need to, that we'll have to go into the process as plants to be processed. And as I said already, you know, we need the food coming out the other end. Cormac Healy of Meat Industry Ireland says they are also open to a more rigorous inspection regime if it's deemed necessary. This has been talked about for quite some time and there's been much commentary around HSA inspections. Already HSA inspections that have taken place in meat plants uh, that are members of Meat Industry Ireland have been both announced and unannounced and we fully welcome unannounced inspections from the HSA. The HSE says the closure of meat plants depends on risk assessments at individual facilities. Dr Shivani Vrian says the final decision is made by public health teams. It's very important that if people are close contacts or if the public health decision is such that this is a large facility with a lot of people who, who have the infection, then it may be safer to close. But in general, you have to remember if you're a close contact, you could have the disease and not know it. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. IFA President Tim Cullinan was in Cork during the week and visited a number of dairy farms in the Timaleague area. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran met up with him to discuss a cross-section of farming issues at this time. Fiona put it to the IFA president that the COVID situation in the meat plants must be a concern. Yeah, obviously this is a concern for us as farmers and I suppose just the first point I want to make is so along with the health service and I don't want to take from that and excellent work to have been doing but you know we as farmers are in the front line as well you know we're producing top quality food and you know which is very important in the time of a pandemic and uh, you're right the government is calling now that there has to be uh, frequent testing of workers within plants and so we have no issue with that but where I have concern is the time span the time span of getting from the time the test is taking until the result comes back like there's no reason now why that could not be uh, obtained within less than 24 hours you know and get people back into work because you know we have to keep the process and industry going so we're coming into the time of year now where cattle will be coming off of grass so the need to that we'll have to go into the process as plants to be processed and as i said already you know we need the food coming out the other end and you know we take the dairy we're here in an excellent dairy farm here this morning and you have to sure ensure that all of that can continue. Could we look at maybe opening up some smaller processing plants during the pandemic to ensure that while you know some plants are closed that there would be a constant flow of, of um, food processing? Well we have seen how it's happened over the years that you know the processing has gravitated towards the larger plants and look you're right if there is smaller plants in any area that could be reopened you know without uh, exorbitant expense it is definitely something could be looked at. You know, we have a situation up in Banner and County Offaly at the moment where a group of Chinese want to build a new plant to exclusively process beef to export it into the Chinese market and what was very worrying for me was they were uh, turned down immigrant status, invested, investor immigrant status recently and the reason that was given that they were turned down was that there was adequate pro- processing capacity in the country and you know, there might be adequate processing uh, capacity but there definitely is not adequate competition in, in the beef industry so look, anything that brings competition and would help get us through this COVID period obviously is welcome And we'll hear more from the IFA President Tim Cullinan on his visit to Cork during the programme Farm Talk on C103 IFA says co-ops have the opportunity to pass back more of the continued improving market value which has followed the end of lockdown and the increase in food services and international trade over the last three to four months. 
Dairy Committee Chair Tom Phelan said at least some co-ops have scoped to increase prices by one cent a litre for July milk. International milk price comparisons show Irish milk purchases perform below par. Dairy Gold Kerry and Glanbia coming in well below the average main European processors. Irish Farmers Journal League for June 2020 shows a gap between top and bottom of two cent a litre. Tom Phelan says it clearly suggests some co-ops have scoped to improve their position and their suppliers' cash flow by lifting their July milk price by at least one cent a litre. The Cork County Councillors recently highlighted the dangers of discarding empty cans in the countryside. Sean O'Donovan says very little consideration is given to the effects it can have on the well-being of farm animals like cows. Councillor O'Donovan spoke to Patricia Messenger on C103's Cork Today show to highlight the very issue. Well, people throw cans out their window when they're driving or whatever, as you say, if they're out for a walk. Um, and then if they're in over the fence on the road or in you know, the ditch, they end up being part of the silage or part of the hay um, that is made into animal feed. It's included in the bale of silage or whatever, fed to the cattle. And then the cows, like they swallow... They don't choose, they swallow straight away, so it ends up going into their stomach sometimes and it can lead to huge problems, huge vet bills for the farmers and um, it can ultimately lead to the death of the animal too, depending on if it penetrates the heart or any of the organs or whatever, you know. And the can ends up getting shredded when the hay has been made. Yeah. And it can be, you say, as sharp as razor blades. Absolutely, yeah. It can do a lot of damage to, um, to the animals. There was a study done there in America in the University of um, Montana and between 55 and 75% of the animals that were slaughtered all had some sort of hardware they're describing as but like cans or nails or wire or something in their stomachs when they were slaughtered, you know. And of course the farmer has no way of knowing if a can has been shredded and has ended up in the bale of hay. No, he doesn't because the grass is long. Obviously the can is inside in the grass and it's goes through the machine that's bailed into a silage bale or whatever and then the poor cow ends up eating it, you know. It's causing a lot of problems and it's, I suppose I posted it just to make people aware, I suppose, you know, and it's, it's got a huge response on social media. Just be extra vigilant. You shouldn't be trying cans over the ditch anyway, basically, but just be extra vigilant and think what consequences that, that can that you're drinking from could cause, you know. And I suppose, you know, as I said, you're not supposed to throw your cans out of the car window anyway, but I think... I know now the damage you can do, but I suppose I was quite surprised as well, you know, when I yeah. kind of done a bit of research into it, you know. We can only do our part to respect the country we're living in and the countryside and the people who live in the countryside as well, you know. So it's up to everyone to be responsible adults. Councillor Sean O'Donovan. IFA President Tim Cullinan led a delegation to Cork this week and visited a number of dairy farms in West Cork. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran went along and met farmers John Welch and Sean Deasy and Tim Elig. They spoke about the need for certainty for the future in the uncertain times at present on every farm. Here's what Sean had to say. It's an ongoing job. Um, every year you make a plan out where you're going, how many cows you can carry compared to how much land you'll have available for the year. Um, and you do everything as efficiently as possible. Um, you start off when the cows go dry in, in Christmas time and you start planning your year ahead. Um, getting grassland ready for the following season, uh, making sure cows are in the right condition, calving down, which helps the cows going through the year. So if the cows perform for you, then if you can keep your costs under control, you have a good chance of making a, a good living for yourself. I suppose there's a concern, especially farmers that are in derogation, that things can change. You have money put into stock, into land, into buildings, um, 
and things can change every three years very quickly and a lot of it can depend on social influences and things that have no are not from farming at all and we have to live with the consequences of, of those decisions so we'd be hoping that there will be a longer term plan I would know like if there was a 10 year plan that we knew exactly where we were guaranteed that we could go in stocking levels and we just need to know a bit of certainty where we are going forward and like I was saying to this group that came to the farm today that this farm had 8 cows back 60 years ago went to 20 cows and up to 90 cows and all those different times were making a family farm viable um, going forward uh, this farm can't increase that anymore so we just need a bit of a, a road map it's all about road maps now at the moment and I think farmers need to know where farming is going and the environmental side I think we need clarity on that as well what exactly farm the science is there the, science, the projects have been done like our local projects here in the water catchment um, we need to make sure we do a proper job and give us certainty going forward John Welsh from Timaleague so we're dairy farming um, I suppose we're fourth generation in um, in Ahmanister. Um The herd has grown, I suppose, over the last um, 10 or 15 years um, from Saturday out with a small quota of about 42,000 gallons um, with 40 cows that we've grown over renting land and, um, and carrying on. So we're now milking about 250 cows. We kind of like and love what we do, really, to be fair. Like, and, we, and we have another generation coming after us who have the same interest that I had um, when I started before so the, just hopefully we'll keep it going again for, the, for another generation anyway hopefully that's our, that's our plan and that's what we're building building everything towards anyway like I think we when, when I started farming it was for a small but when I had, when we had children and it was for for the next generation we were continuing on what we were what we what was given to me as was four of them are twin boys so they're Mad keen, mad interested, so you know, hopefully they will, yeah. No, no I, I don't know. They are 17 now, so who knows what they'll do in the next three years or five years. But we hope that they'll travel and see the world and um, and and be grateful to come back to the farm and, and maybe farm away is the same as what we've done and what my fathers have done. Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with with farming and and Tim Tim is a, a very energetic man and it was great to get him out on, on a farm here in Timothy like to to actually talk to him and meet the men face to face and there's big problems with 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 a lot of different things and it's it's not just in daring it's in every sector I suppose and he's he's very um, proactive in what he's what he's um, what he's setting out to do I think and yeah I'd be very I'd be delighted to meet him and actually very interesting man to meet and. Had a, had, a, had a great morning out now with him in fairness, yeah. And IFA President Tim Cullinan spoke to Farm Talk about working with the new government and the wish list for inclusion in the forthcoming budget in the late autumn. We did launch our pre-budget submission uh, just two weeks ago and I suppose there's a number of measures in there and obviously so we're in a year, we have a new cap budget now but that cap budget has to be co-financed by our national exchequer as well so we want to ensure that uh, all of that budget will be properly financed so we're in transition of the cap, so that means that the, the pillar two part of the cap and all the schemes in cap will be rolled over during that period. And our first priority is that all of those current schemes will be properly financed during the transition. And I suppose specifically what we're looking for is you know, a proper payment for a suckler cow 
up to 300 euros we're looking for 30 euros payment for the EO we're looking for on forestry what we're looking for is a revisit to the premium that the, the farmer that is planting trees will get a higher premium than you know, the commercial entity coming in and bring fairness back to the farmer and obviously you know, we have a lot of requests on the taxation size as well so you know, obviously we always have a lot of s to our government uh, you know, uh, in coming up to the budget it's our job in ifa you know whoever is elected in by the people of the country you know, we work with them and look it's a difficult time for the government you know we're seeing there's a deficit now of anything up to in excess of seven billion per month. That is a challenge for them. But look, it's our job in IFA and my job as president of IFA to work with the government of the day. And I suppose I'd have to say the the, the third minister of agriculture I've worked in with in, in the last month, like he has delivered a package of fifty million for beef farmers last week and you know, which is a compensation package for farmers, beef finishers that was badly affected during the COVID period of from February to June of this year and you know so look obviously I have to welcome that from the new minister and you know uh, we will work hand in hand with that government while, while that government is in place. IFA President Tim Cullinan and West Cork farmers Sean DC and John Welch talking during the week in Timberleague and thanks to C103's senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. It's been claimed that despite the important role of forestry in our climate mitigation plan and its prominence in the programme for government, particularly forestry on farms, the reality is that the current forest licence plan reduces the right of smaller forest owners. The statement came from the IFA Farm Forestry Chair, Mr Vincent Nally. He said the plan to address the backlog of forestry licences actively discriminates, allegedly, against farm forests and could signal the very end of farmer planting. Mr Nally went on to say the plan as set out now appears to be just another example of the alleged indifference shown by our department to the plight of farmers trying to manage forests at farm level, farm scale. He said the costs and bureaucracy associated with getting a licence under the current system means that the vast majority of forests on farms are no longer viable. Under the plan, smaller forests that cannot justify the cost of a Natura Impact Statement, NIS, are being forced to the end of a very long queue of licence applications. He said the department must seriously rethink what's being proposed if they hope to re-engage farmers in the forestry programme, as this plan completely fails to address the viability of planting or managing forests at farm scale. Mr Nally said, if we want forests on farms, then we need to ensure the system works for farmers. The planting programme in 2020, he said, was expected to be approximately 2,500 hectares, which is nearly 70% below the annual afforestation target of 8,000 hectares per annum as set out in Ireland's climate mitigation plan. Meanwhile, timber is being imported from the Baltic area. Minister of State Pippa Hackett has confirmed that a draft bill to align the forestry licensing and appeal system with other similar planning processes has been published. This amendment to the Agriculture Appeals Act 2001 is now available on the Department of Agriculture website for public comment. After consultation, Minister of State Pippa Hackett said the draft bill will be presented to the Oireachtas for consideration as soon as possible after the summer recess. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We continue this week's Farm Talk with our weekly Tagusk Advisory. Seamus Lorden joins us to discuss current grass growth rates and fertilisers. He also brings us up to date with progress on TAMS. First, I asked Seamus for a beef update on the current grass growth rates on dairy farms. Yeah, and to be honest, Barry, um, things are very good, really. The growth rates are good all around the country. We'll say in the last few weeks, we've seen them, you know, they're, they're doing around 65 to, up to the last week. They're 69 and... You know, it's kind of the same for all over the country, really. It's not just um, any area, really. So all over the country, the growths are good, uh, specifically down here in Cork. For the last week now, they're 68, and they're predicted again for the week ahead to be around 68 again. So from a growth point of view, things are excellent. Um, but you'd expect that too, maybe, Barry, when you think about it. The soil temperatures are around 18 degrees, which is excellent for growth, grass growth. Temperatures are around 20 degrees, you know, and plus. And, you know, we have plenty of moisture in the ground. So, look, you'd expect that um, we'd have good growth. And it is actually showing on all this information. We're getting it from the Pasture Base Ireland program there. And, look, it's kind of showing what we what we think is happening on the ground. Um, some farmers are getting growths up to 90 plus. And, look, it'll vary from place to place, depending, I suppose, on your soil type, soil fertility, and even the grass sward as well. So, look, it's very good. Um, We probably, uh, it's a great advantage, though, because we want to build up grass for the next month or so and our next six weeks. So, um, look, it's a great help there and a great start for us there for that. And, Seamus, maybe a few reminders or even targets that farmers should keep in mind and aim for in relation to their grassland management at this time. Yeah, and I, I suppose, Barry, I'll just say, why are we doing this? And, you know, I suppose the main thing, anyway, is why are we trying to build up a bit of grass is because, um, you know, we want to be able to graze into the autumn time, really, into November. So if you can graze into November, it's worth, you know, it's a, it's a great ease, anyway, in that cows be out longer. And also, it's just, it's worth a bit of money, you know, at the end of the day. Every extra day is worth... Uh, 180 euro per cow in the autumn time, so for 100 cows for a week, you know, that's over a thousand euro, 1200 euro or something like that, you know. So 
look, if we can extend it without, you know, doing an awful lot, just managing the grass, what we have now, um, it's it's um, it's probably the best thing to do. So, look, that's what we what we want. Why August? I suppose August because, um, look, it's the month. As I said there, the grass growths are around 65, 70 for the last few weeks, and they'll continue at that, hopefully. You know, for next week it's predicted, and hopefully for the last week as well. And the demand then really, you know, the demand is around 50. So if we can keep the demand, and that's based on pasture base again, if you can keep demand around 50 and you're growing 70, you know, you're gaining every day. So I would say for 15 days at 20 kilos a difference, you know, it's worth um, 300 kilos. So that that's an awful lot. So that's a good gain on your average farm cover over um, the next uh, two weeks. Some of the targets then, Barry, I suppose, what we're looking for, it's a rotation link. So currently at the moment, you'll be hoping your rotation link is something around, we'll say, 25 days for the lads who are at three cows per the hectare or over, 3.5. You know, they're highly stocked farms, so they'd want to be on 25-day rotation at the moment. The lads at um, two and a half, you know, like, I mean, I think around roughly around 23 days wouldn't be too bad at the moment because the growth rates are so good. The target is then for the 1st of September to have 30-day rotation linked and also we'll say a 30-day rotation linked, you know, for, or sorry, 40-day rotation linked in for the 1st of October. So look, if, I suppose, if you're measuring grass, there's a different, um, we can use the budgeting figures. So for the two and a half livestock units per hectare, the target covers around 300 uh, kilos of dry matter per cow by the end of August, and that's equivalent to, I suppose, an average farm cover of 750. If you're at the uh, three livestock units or the three and a half, you know, you want an average farm cover of roughly around 1,000. So as I was saying, if you can go 300 plus and the next two weeks and you're actually around 700 at the moment, you'll be able to reach that target. So they want roughly around 300 per cow or a bit more, 330, and for an average farm cover of 1,000. So that's what the targets are. So look, a lot of the farmers know this and um, they they follow it very well and they get the benefit from it. It's just reminding lads there what, what can be done anyway, you know. Just in relation to fertiliser, perhaps, uh, on the ground at this time, what have you got to say? You know, we're coming up to the middle of August now. The fertiliser, you've only probably another four weeks of fertiliser application uh, before the closing date. Um, I would suggest, really, look, I suppose a lot depends on what fertiliser you're allowed. Um, if you have a fertiliser plan, you know how much you use, you know how much you're allowed, so you want to check that anyway. But... Personally, a rule of thumb there really is that you're still in August, you get a good response to it. So if your rotation length is 25 days, I'd be spreading 25 units. If your rotation is 30 days, I'd be spreading 30 units. I wouldn't go beyond the 30 units. I think that's the max you should spread of nitrogen. Um, if you're allowed P or phosphorus in your fertilizer plan, I would apply a bit of phosphorus in it now as well. And also K, um, potassium. There's a very good response to potassium. Um, a lot of people are, who have used it um, said there's a good response to it. You can get potassium now in the protected urea products. Um, they're working well. Um, a good response with the potassium. And there's no restriction to how much potassium you can use. You know, So that's one thing there, uh, Barry. I'd also say just about the lime. Um, I'm sure it was mentioned before and we'll keep mentioning it because, um, you know, even from the side results that come into us, You'd be surprised, like, I mean, to be honest, most of the home blocks, the pHs are pretty good. 
Uh, it's probably some of the outer blocks where um, the, the lime or the pH level is probably, you say, below optimum, really, you know. So what we're kind of saying is that, look, it's a great time to apply lime. The weather conditions are very good. If you wait till the autumn time, you mightn't uh, have the same good conditions. You mightn't be able to apply it, you know. And if the pH is correct, um, the fertilizer you use, the nitrogen, the phosphorus, and the potassium, you get a better response, you know. So it's kind of, and it probably pays for itself very quickly using the lime because it kind of releases more nitrogen, more phosphorus, more potassium. So, this, you know, the plant will recover better. And we're seeing that on the ground. Farmers will tell us that where they applied lime, they're seeing a better response to the nitrogen there as well. And finally then, Seamus, in relation to some matters, I suppose, that need attending to, we mentioned last week about TAMS. Just two things, really. Um, just about there, the, the TAMS grant there, it's, it's the tranche 18, the closing date was uh, Friday the 7th of August, but that's been extended to the 21st of August. So, look, there's another week left, I suppose, really, or so. So, look, if you have some application, you thought you missed it last, that the date was uh, maybe the 7th of August. It's actually been extended, so it's up to the 21st of August now again. And also, just to let you know, if you applied last time, um, I think the department are writing out to people in this week or so to let you know if you... Um, to the people who, who are qualified for the grant, you know. So if you applied la- in the last tranche, um, you should be getting notification now uh, if you're qualified for the grant. So I think those letters are coming out this week. Um, and if you haven't heard anything by next week, it might be no harm just to get in touch to see um, did you qualify or not, you know. And thanks to Seamus Lorden for this week's Tagusk Advisory. And we'll have more on grassland management and the topic of reseeding shortly. From January 2022, new EU legislation is scheduled to be brought in to combat the rise of AMR, antimicrobial and or antibiotic resistance to treatments which in the past had been able to kill pathogens or microbes causing mastitis or other diseases in farm animals and resistance to medicines in humans. One of the ways in which the 2022 EU legislation will affect the Irish dairy industry will be the operation of the so-called SDCT, Selective Dry Cow Therapy. With SDCT, only cows that have known infections will receive antibiotic tubes. Cows that do not have an infection will not receive antibiotic tubes at drying off. Only a teat sealer will be applied. Use of antibiotics to treat known infections will still be permitted with stipulations. Continued use of antibiotics after January 2022 would require individual cow evidence backed up by milk recording data plus culture and uh, sensitivity analysis for the farm in question. Like almost every aspect of farming, milk recording has been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Chagas research has shown that farmers who milk record their herds gain an extra €42 per cow gross margin over those who don't. Only about 35% of Irish dairy herds are milk recorded, according to latest figures available. The comparable figure for Denmark is 91%, the Netherlands 86% and New Zealand 71%. 
COVID-19 is likely to be one of the main reasons why milk recording is reported to be down by about 20% this year so far. Farmers who want to be fully up to speed when selective dry cow therapy, SDCT, becomes mandatory under EU regulations in January 2022, apart from some limited qualified exceptions, and who are not milk recording themselves at the moment, but who would be interested in doing so in the future, should in the first instance contact their local cooperative and or Munster Bovine. The Munster Bovine phone number is 022-43228. That's Munster Bovine 022-43228. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. We continue this week's Farm Talk and Aldi has launched the National Brown Bread Baking Competition 2020. There's a minimum of €15,000 prize fund for the overall winner. Finals will take place on the 14th of September in Dublin and the winner to be announced on September 17th. The competition is held in conjunction with the National Ploughing Association and the Irish Country Women's Association. Perhaps you know someone who perfected brown bread skills during lockdown Or have you made a brilliant brown bread while stuck at home over the past few months? If the answer is yes, then this is a competition for you. Due to COVID restrictions, entering the competition will be different this year. While still open to the public, entrants will be asked to drop their freshly baked bread into certain Aldi stores on the due date. Here in Cork, the store is McCroom at Oakwood, Sleeveen East on Wednesday, September 2nd from 10.30am to 1pm. All successful entrants will be contacted on the 11th of September to attend the finals. Log on to aldi.ie forward slash brownbreadcompetition or ica.ie for information on how to enter, the full terms and conditions and the competition rules. And good luck if you are taking part. The winner's brown bread will be stocked in Aldi stores for 12 months and they'll receive a minimum prize fund of €15,000. Next, we look at the topic of reseeding. A lot of farmers have been querying what varieties to use. So if you're looking into reseeding, we ask what should farmers look at first before they begin at all. Edmund Curtin is Dairy Area Sales Manager with Dairy Gold. I suppose, yes, the cost of it there, Barry, just to hone in on it, you're talking about €750 a hectare there for reseeding in terms of everything from um, burning burning your paddock off um, the whole receding, the ploughing, the whole lot. Um, so it is it is a substantial investment there that one needs to get as much return out of it as possible. So I suppose on the back of that, you're talking about lasting a 10-year investment as such if it's managed correctly. Um, high perennial ryegrass wards over the cost of receding, um, they cover themselves within 18 months, really. Um, why would, I suppose, the question has to, number of questions may be asked as to why you do it. I suppose, look, from a nitrogen point of view and a fertiliser efficiency point of view, uh, new seeds are 25% more responsive to nitrogen. Um, and your high perennial ryegrass farms also allow 8% more milk output from that area ground as well uh, versus older type pasture. Um, what I'd consider as well with it is selecting swards that have a lower percentage of perennial ryegrass or are underperforming across the farm. In other words, growing less than maybe 12 to 14 tonne of dry matter per hectare. Um, paddocks receded over 10 years as well should also be considered and taken priority as well uh, to get them back into rotation with a, a higher rate of perennial ryegrass. Um, lower ryegrass pastures as well um, will produce um, lower DMD silage. So on the back of that, in terms of getting uh, production from cows and from heifers and cattle and farm, um, one should be aiming to be cutting 70, 72, 73 DMD uh, for those for the springtime as such, and that will be achieved more so from 
uh, newer recedes more than older pasture. Uh, soil sampling is also an essential step to take as well in considering um, receding. I take a soil sample off the, the ploughed side of the ground to establish your line P and K just to get your nutrient profile from where you start with. Um, nutrients, that are being, nutrients that are currently on the ground are going to be ploughed down on the side. So I take a representative sample there off the ploughed side. Lime is also a thing that's kind of taken for granted as to how important it is as well. Uh, it's essential for sowing. The old swab as such is decaying and it's releasing acid, which is lowering the pH and creates a difficult environment for the seeds to germinate. So I'd be going with a minimum maintenance level of 2 tonne to the acre uh, when seeding as well. Um, ground limestone would be preferable as it works um, in the soil for increasing pH long term. Uh, but in cases whereby one can't go with it, grand lime would be, be, be sufficient. Um, I'd also apply three bags of maybe tint in 20 on index three soils for tillering and root development um, to get to get fertilizer out of seeding is important in that front of it. Spraying off paddocks before receding with glyphosate, um, I'd graze or cut them uh, for silage within 7 to 10 days after spraying, or for minimum till, then we'll be talking about 16 to 20 days after that. So in the round, I suppose, Barry, that's a snapshot of what you the, the top lane stuff would be considering pre-receding. Just one question, Edmund, in terms of weather conditions like we have at the moment, you know, yes. would, that, would that in any way influence if, if somebody was interested making a decision on reseeding or not? Oh, definitely, Barry. I mean, look, from the conditions we have at the moment, they're, they're ideal for getting reseeding done. Um, you'd establish a very fine seed bed. You've great conditions for it, nice dry seed bed. Uh, in terms of rolling, then like you wouldn't have any seeds sticking to it or anything like that. I definitely feel there's weather on your side, I'd be taking it. Okay. Looking at the mixes then, the various grass seed mixes, Edmund, what's the best approach to decide on the most suitable mix? Definitely. I suppose, look, from you definitely choose the seed variety off the department, um, the Irish Department of Agriculture recommended list using the Pastoral Profit Index, or PPI as it's called for short, as they are proven in Irish conditions there, Barry. Um, you basically want to have a good balance between diplides and tetradiplides. I suppose 50 to 60% tetraplides and 40 to 50% diplides. Um, just to ensure a high quality, persistent swab with good density. Um, you need to ensure a narrow range of heading dates as well to have a consistent type swab. Um, consider what you want from the mix, um, differently whether it's silage or intensive grazing or for a high clover mix or heavy soils. Um, from a range there, the number one, the high clover mix, or from the number two, dairy gold range, being your silage mix, number three being our intensive grazing or dairy gold extend, or for the number four, then the heavy silage mixtures. I basically take whatever type of ground you're going on or what your ultimate goal is with that sward. Uh, I'd be picking any of those four type mixes. And grassland management is one of the issues that we are looking at on the programme this week, Edmund. So what steps can farmers take now to maintain their grass quality for the rest of the grazing season? From this time of the year there, Barry, you're talking about August being an important month in terms of uh, managing and both building your grass cover for the rest of the autumn. Uh, the growth of grass over the next six weeks is crucial as the rate of grass supply will be less than the demand. So basically your overall growth rates are going to be lower than your demand. Um, the question can be asked is how does the farmer ensure he has enough grass, I suppose. And like from a rotation lint, from a rotation lint must be around 28 to 30 days by September 1st. So basically, I suppose, to, to put an example to it, if a farmer has 100 acres of grazing ground and he's currently on a 20-day rotation, uh, he'd be grazing five acres a day um, from here to the start of August, or to the end of August, sorry. Um, 
I suppose by the end of August he needs to be grazing three and a half acres a day. In other words, to be on his 28-day rotation. So in other words, we're talking about steps to increase the rotation. Um, all in all, we need to basically gain about two days in rotation every week during August. Um, and ensuring you have a target of 300 kilos of dry matter uh, of the farm cover per cow. Steps that can be taken to lengthen the rotation, then including, I suppose, look, some people have silage grown coming back into the grazing block. Might, uh, all people, not, not, not a lot of people mightn't have that luxury. Um, we might also remove other stock from the grazing platforms, such as maybe in calf heifers or calves, to open up more ground for grazing for cows. Um, one could also, then, if one was highly stocked at over three and a half or four livestock units, introduce bales or buffer feeding earlier on as well, to simply increase, and or it could simply increase the power feeding as well. Um, if farmers end up with too much grass in the autumn, basically take it out earlier. The earlier that's taken out surplus bales, the better to put it back into the grazing rotation. So I suppose all in all, that it's basically August is a, a crucial month in terms of setting your farm up for for grass supply. New regulations aimed at helping prevent the direct runoff of soiled water from farm roadways are being introduced from the start of next year. The new requirements operational from 1st of January 2021 have been published by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. For farmers, for example, who have a grassland stocking rate of over 170 kgs of nitrogen a hectare, livestock drinking points must be at least 20 metres from water courses and animals must be prevented from having access to streams for drinking. If there's a roadway between the truck and the workhorse, the 20 metres stipulation does not apply. Where a farm road slopes down towards a public road and where there are waters running parallel with the public road, the relevant section of the coming 2021 regulation states that provision shall be taken to ensure that runoff from the farm roadway does not enter the watercourse or the ditch. Steps must be taken to convey the soil's water in question to a suitable soakage area. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.